0: Welcome to the Renny Podcast, a podcast about the real estate market and the people connected by it. We seek to empower our listeners to make informed decisions while providing context for the real estate world around them. We hope that with every episode, you become a little more knowledgeable and a lot more curious. Today, we're discussing the latest residential real estate data across the Vancouver region for August 2021. We'll focus on our three key insights, we have improbably low inventory, sales counts remain elevated, and the sales mix is returning to its typical pattern. My name is Justine Liu, managing broker here at Rennie. Joining us today as always is Ryan Berlin, Rennie's a Senior Economist and Director of Intelligence. We are excited to welcome guest advisor Sean Wentworth, a real estate advisor with Rennie based out of the Sea to Sky region. Sean has been in the industry for 16 years, being a Medallion Club member nine times and a two-time President's Club member. Welcome, everyone.
1: Hey, Justine. Hello, Justine. How are you?
0: Good. How are you all doing today?
1: Very good. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Sean. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it.
0: So, follow us now here. We're back to school. How are you guys all feeling?
1: Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Our new office is open and ready to welcome clients in and uh, meeting all the new advisors that have joined up. It's been a blast. Summer's over and- been pretty awesome to take some time off, and now we're back to work. So,
0: and by new by a new office, you mean the new Rennie R space that just opened in Squamish?
1: Absolutely, yeah. The new R space is now complete, and we are starting to work out of there. And uh, a few agents have joined over with us now, and it's uh, it's been a blast. That's you great. haven't invited me yet, though. So we haven't invited you yet. We're yeah. waiting for for the the little bar fridge to come. Okay. First, well, so. let
2: me know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to just crash the party, right Yeah,
1: maybe I'll bring the bar fridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe
0: that is a good idea.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, we've had a few people up from the head office, so it's been uh, it's been good. You're more than welcome to come anytime, Ryan.
0: Great. Yeah, I got a chance to to meet um, a few people in person um, two weeks ago at yeah. the the office, which was really nice, and um, it was really good to see. And the space is beautiful.
1: Yeah, the space has been great. They uh, they did an amazing job getting it all set up, and now that the agents are starting to come in, it's it's been great. We've just two weeks so far, and it's you know very well received.
0: That's great. So let's get dive right into our first insight. Limited inventory is a sign of a typical August activity. So August inventory was down 40% versus a long run August average. Ryan, isn't inventory typically higher in the summer? What's making things different now?
2: It is typically higher in the summer. We usually see inventory accumulate a little bit in the late spring and then through the summer months. Listings don't move as quickly quite frankly, because there's not as much sales activity. Usually sales for the year peak in the spring and then sort of taper off until early fall where we get another little bump. <laughs> this year has just been just like last year in a sense, like the, the, what you thought you knew about seasonality, you can kind of throw out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, the market in some senses has a mind of its own. I mean, it's, it's interesting because we've now had a few months in a row where inventory has declined, um, where it's usually growing. We now have in the Vancouver region, which is the combined area of the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board. We have the fewest, at the end of August, we had the fewest number of listings of any August since the, the data had first been collected, wow. uh, thir- going back 32 years. So, you know, as you said, current inventory is down regionally uh, by 40% versus the long run average. It's down 36% versus August. And um, yeah, we're just not seeing the new listing activity. I think my take on it um, is sort of reading between the lines is when we look at all of the COVID related activity uh, and movement in the market where there was so much, I think for a lot of people, they really understood or began to understand what they wanted in a home when they were spending so much time there with their family. Um, It was, you know, where they would spend their weekends instead of, You know, going away for a holiday, it's where they were working. And so space became uh, king. Uh, You know, a properly demised home became really, really important. So everyone had spaces uh, and and weren't all all over each other. And so we saw that demand for, we'll talk about it a little bit later in more detail, but that demand, especially for detached homes and townhomes and in the suburban markets, really saw people, I think, move into the home that they saw themselves being in for many years. And I think some people accelerated their purchases and now that they're in that home, I don't think they're looking to relist. And so, you know, Sean, you're you're out working with actual mm-hmm. clients. You're not looking at the data like I am. Um, Absolutely. You know, how, how how much does that ring true for you? It
1: rings true probably 50% of the time. I know it's going to sound a little odd to be, to maybe argue a little bit. Maybe not argue, maybe disagree. You're not allowed to disagree. Uh, <laughs> from time to time, I've been known to disagree. Uh, what we're finding, what I've been finding on the ground a lot is is exactly what you're saying. But more importantly now, what we're finding out is people want to live their life. How do I want to live my life? <laughs> not where I want to live my house. Not, not the type of house I want. Not even the space I want. How do I want to live my life? I'm going to have a bedroom. I'm going to sleep in it. I'm going to have a kitchen. I'm going to have a living room. What am I going to do when I'm not in there? And that's where, for me, being up in the Sea to Sky Corridor, Squamish, we have seen a huge influx of people coming up, moving from condo to condo, because condo in the city is in the big city. There's not a lot of stuff to do there. Mm -hmm. You go to the condo in Squamish, you walk out your door, you walk five minutes, you're on a trail. You're in the mountains, you walk five minutes, you're down at the oceanfront. You walk, okay, maybe 20 minutes, you get to the chief, you get something like that. There's just so much more lifestyle that we're finding that people want. Uh, They want the house, they want the bigger space. We've seen a lot of people moving for space, for sure, but we've also seen a lot of people
2: moving for lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's interesting, actually, even though inventory is just historically constrained, seemingly everywhere, and even in Squamish, uh, inventory was down 20% versus um, July and August. And we're not talking big numbers to begin with here. Um, And it's down 56% versus the past decade, August average. So a constrained market there as well. But you were saying earlier before we started recording that you are now preparing a number of listings. Yeah, we're starting
1: to see a lot of people coming back. Um, So for the summer numbers that you're seeing, especially for August, one of the big changes we saw this year is that usually the market starts to slow down in the springtime. And so you get an accumulation of listings that don't sell right before summer hits. Everything was selling this year. If you listed... January through April, it was pretty much sold. People were hesitant in May because we had the lockdowns. We had the new restrictions. People weren't sure what they were allowed to do for traveling. And then as soon as the government said, Hey, we're going to ease the restrictions in 48 hours, it was like a stampede. Everybody left town, like Mm -hmm. realtors, buyers, sellers, nobody was returning calls. Everybody wanted to get away. Everybody had been locked down for so long. They just wanted out. Mm -hmm. And so nobody was listing because nobody was around. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a real change for us because usually there's people in the summer. You know, there's always somebody that has to list or
2: has to buy. There's
1: right. always buyers and sellers. This year, everybody went away because they've been locked down.
2: Totally. You know, that's borne out in the um, in the sort of more aggregate data that I look at um, for new listings activity was down significantly, down in the range of thirty percent versus where we were last year. Now, last year was not a typical year, but you you can see historically when you run it out over a longer period of time that. There just wasn't that interest in participating in real estate matters. Like you said, people were sort of getting on with their lives. Absolutely. It's just, it's been really, we've had low inventory for almost a year and a half, Uh,
1: but just combined with the fact that people were locked down, combined with the fact that people had travel restrictions that you were, you were going to get a fine to leave town and people didn't understand the restrictions either. A lot of people didn't know they could drive from Vancouver to Squamish or Vancouver to Chilliwack. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knew that. They just couldn't understand the rules. Mm-hmm. In which case, as soon as they said the rules are, are over or the restrictions are over, it was chaos. It was chaos. a for all yep. Yeah. It was
2: wild.
0: <laughs> so this takes us into insight number two. Believe it or not, a sales activity remains elevated. Ask any realtor and they'll tell you that sales has fallen for five straight months. But with over 5,100 sales in August, we're still 30% higher than the long-run August average. Ryan, doesn't sales count usually decline in August as people typically take vacations or time off and enjoy the nice weather?
2: They do. They do. Um, In a normal year, for sure. Um, Again, you know, summertime is not uh, primo real estate season because there are, are other things and, quite frankly, more important things for people and families to... Focus on. What's interesting this year is that we saw, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, in the Vancouver region as a whole, we were just shy of 9,000 sales in March, 9,000 home sales, which was an all time record for any month in this region. So, you know, we were bound to uh, come off from that peak and we have. So for the past five months, we've seen uh, consecutive declines in sales counts. What's interesting though is that for Um, last month in August, we still recorded over 5,000 sales in the region, Hmm. um, which is uh, something that we hadn't done uh, since 2005. So it was the highest August sales count in 16 years, which I find fascinating in the context of, you know, what we were just talking about on the listing side that we didn't see a lot of new listing activity, but there are still a lot of buyers out there. There There's still a lot of people sort of looking for that next home and the right home. And, you know, we know that I, you know, I, I think Sean, and you can fill in the details here and clarify for our listeners, but I think there are probably some uh, legacy would-be buyers from early in COVID that still haven't found exactly the right home. And we've had this issue of prices running up and maybe running away from some people, but we know that there are still, we see multiple offers all over the place, perhaps not as many as we were seeing before, but there's a ton of interest in the right types of homes in the right areas. Absolutely. Uh, anything that's listed
1: for a value that's a fair value gets a lot of action. If you list Mm -hmm. for market value, we're seeing a lot of multiple offers still, especially the Sea of Sky Corridor. What for us, January, February, March was insane. Uh, 16 years in real estate, I've never seen a market like that. It was absolutely bonkers. But the problem with that was we had a huge burnout with buyers. There was a lot of buyer fatigue. People were leaving. I can't do this. This is, you know, they were distraught. They were upset. They just,
0: mm-hmm. they didn't
1: want to, they didn't want to get their heart broken again. You know, seven different offers on a place and they're like missing out on places by large numbers. It's not like they missed it by $1,000 or 2000 They missed it a lot. So we mm-hmm. had a lot of buyer fatigue. And then with the lockdowns, with the travel restrictions I mentioned earlier, People didn't know whether they could buy or not buy, and then everybody went away in July, and it just seemed like everybody started showing up again at the end of July. They went for the vacations and started writing offers again, and now we're seeing multiple offers all through August and right into September. I've had a few clients that have written on places that we thought, okay, this is a fair
2: value, and we weren't even close a couple times. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I know. I know it's um, the emotional toll it takes uh, on people to be going from one open house to another, and then to take it further and actually put in an offer that might even be slightly beyond one's means, mm-hmm. just to find out that you weren't even close. Um, what's interesting, despite that sort of um, dynamic occurring in the background of our market, what I find fascinating—I didn't expect to see this in the data. This is sort of you'll you'll appreciate this because you probably used to watch Cheers. I did. Okay. Definitely norm. <laughs> Well, so the Cliff Clavin fact of the day, uh-huh. perhaps, here, <laughs> um, is that over the past 12 months, so August 2021 back through September of 2020, uh-huh. so the past 12 months, we tallied over 72,000 sales in total in this region. Uh-huh. And that is the most in any 12-month period ever in this region's history, including the heady days of 2016 and 2017. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So um, you might look at that and think, there's not much more fuel there uh, to put on the fire from the demand side. But again, I think you know to the extent that maybe some of these buyers who stepped back um, you know, a few months ago yeah. come back into the fray and then you sort of combine that with increasing migration and immigration, mm-hmm. we, we could see another surge in demand over the next couple of years. I think we're all expecting a surge, to be honest. I mean, we've had
1: no immigration to Canada for almost two years now. And we know that Canada is a very desirable place people want to go to. And if you look at where the immigrants come to Canada, it's typically BC or Toronto. So we know that there's going to be more demand. We know there's going to be more traffic. There's no more inventory. I mean, the inventory is still very, very low everywhere you go. There's not a lot of new construction. I mean, everybody complains about new construction and no one wants to see change. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot of new product compared to the number of buyers that are out there.
2: Totally. And you you brought something up when we were chatting yesterday as well, that in this market where there's a lot of demand relative to supply, like we see mm-hmm. sellers markets abounding everywhere, Totally, all home types. Like it doesn't matter whether it's sure you might expect it detached and in, in, in townhomes, but you're seeing it in condos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you were saying that something that we're seeing that I wasn't too aware of is sellers putting subjects on deals. Uh, when buyers are making offers, which makes it really, really tricky to navigate for buyers. Absolutely. That's been something that we only
1: see in crazy markets that are, you know, heavy, heavy seller markets uh, where buyers come in, they write on unconditional offers as multiple offers. And then the seller will add a subject saying, subject to the seller buying another property. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the most frustrating subject you can put on there. Um, I've always advised my buyers to walk away from stuff like that because then you're tied into a property for four to six weeks and you can't write an offer on something else unless you have put in a shotgun clause to get you out of the deal, Mm -hmm. which typically the seller won't take because they've got multiple offers. Um, It's a very frustrating subject and I always advise people to walk away. It's just unless they absolutely have to have a specific house. It's just not worth it because you wait for six weeks. And in the market we just saw January through March and even into April, mm-hmm. six-week price difference was 60, 70, 80 grand, right? Mm-hmm. From something that was selling January 1st. You could re, you know the same place in the same complex would be 60 to 70 grand more by the end of January. And if you lose out on the one you had, and we I had a couple of deals where people were actually writing offers. Road offers, got accepted offers that people put a seller subject on it for six weeks. And after six weeks, they're like, we can't sell for that price anymore. The price has gone up too much. So they just didn't buy anything on purpose. Horrible. It's, it's not a fun subject to put on there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, this is one of those instances when people are having a hawing about whether they should have representation, whether they should be working with an agent or an advisor. <clears throat> and, you know, you explain something like this, which I had I personally, in my dealings in real estate had not come across sort of that last minute seller subject that would really throw me for an emotional loop, to be honest with you. Totally. Um, but the value sort of underscores to me the value of having somebody who has seen this before and has a perspective on it, i.e., you know, someone like you, an advisor with some experience. And because, I mean, yeah, these these conditions just can lead to some, um, some unexpected outcomes for sure. Well, it's just surprising
1: for people because they think, oh, it's great. I've got the place subject to them buying a place. I'll just wait for them to buy something. And then six weeks later, they haven't looked at houses. They haven't worried about it. They're waiting for them to remove their subjects. And all of a sudden, oh, by the way, we didn't find a place. We're not removing the subject. The deal's dead. And then they go back into the market six weeks later going, wait a minute, townhouses are $50,000 more than when I was buying it. It's, It's very frustrating for the buyers and they're caught off guard. You have to warn them in advance. Uh, And we only see this in extreme seller's markets. So 2015, 2016, we saw it a little bit, but even having said that, when I compare Squamish 2015, 2016 to 2020, 2021, you know, we're almost 30%, 40% lower in inventory right now for a seller's market than we were in 2015, 2016, which is insane. It's incredible. It's Mm -hmm. just wild to see.
0: So that leads us into insight number three. In an otherwise atypical market, the mix of homes is becoming more typical. Over the past year, the proportion of condo sales increased from 35% to 43%. How is the market being more typical, Ryan?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Those data points are spot on. So a year ago in August, 2020, condo sales in the Vancouver region accounted for 35% of all sales. And just last month, condo sales accounted for 43%. Of all transactions, so if I do some back of the envelope math, uh, that's more than a twenty percent increase in the condo share of all sales. So it is on the surface surging, but it's it's really less about the mix of homes that's transacting today and more about the types of homes that we're selling or not selling. A year ago, um, when we were in the thick of of COVID, dealing with COVID and and not knowing what the future looked like, um, and I say that because if we look at the five years uh, prior to COVID, condo sales accounted for forty two percent of all transactions in the region. So forty two percent historically, forty three percent most recently, very very similar numbers. So the anomaly is is really is is not today at this point. It was last year, and this goes back to you know, an observation we we made literally last summer, but that we've sort of come back to um, over the past year as well, that the reports of the death of the condo market were premature for sure. And I know I've used that line before, and I know mm-hmm. I've, I stole it from a very famous person. Um, <laughs> but I think it just captures um, quite well the perspective at the time when COVID first hit and the fact that people – They they were making lifestyle decisions. They were seeking suburban markets instead of urban markets. Uh, They were looking for more space in general. And so condos kind of got left by the wayside for a little bit. But it it did feel at the time like the pendulum really did swing far in one direction. And that that wasn't going to be our new normal. And sure enough, now we're seeing more typical patterns of purchases. So, you know, I don't want to say that the demand for Townhomes and detached homes has been exhausted by any stretch of the imagination, um, but um, we are seeing people sort of move back into that condo space. We're seeing downtown become a little bit downtown Vancouver become a little bit more activated. Mm-hmm. But I think in Squamish too, you're seeing the same kind of thing. We definitely saw something similar uh, early on in COVID. Definitely
1: condos slowed down a little bit, but I think that was more from people that were moving to Squamish, were trying to get out of the big cities. We were seeing people from all over coming to Squamish, from Toronto, from Seattle, from Vancouver. They were coming from bigger cities to a smaller place. Their dollar went further. So initially condo sales slowed right down because people like, well, I can can buy a townhouse for what I have, or I can buy a house for the amount of money I have. So that initially slowed down, but then because of our overall lack of inventory, everything's kind of picked right back up and we have not seen anything slow down this year at all. In 2021, if it's built, it's sold.
2: And are you seeing, in terms of just, the, just maybe the clients that you're working with that are looking to purchase in Squamish, are you seeing a different mix of buyer origins? I know anecdotally we talk about sort of um, the North Shore being a bit of a, a breeding ground for future Squamish residents. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the case right now or are you seeing sort of more you know widespread interest in we're definitely seeing a lot more
1: interest that's from areas that we're not used to. Most of it is typically coming from big cities. So Seattle, Victoria, hmm. North Van, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, just bigger cities in and around. And people are looking to come to smaller places, uh, more outdoor space, more lifestyle. It's more about lifestyle choices. I've seen a lot of people coming from the States last year because they didn't want to risk being in another politically charged climate that they were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a lot of that stuff where people were like, I can't do this. COVID is, it just was, it was just crazy to see. Mm-hmm. But it was more lifestyle. It was more being outdoors. You know, you could come out of your building, whether it's a condo or a townhouse or a house, and you're literally outside on the trails, mm-hmm. on the water, in the mountains within five
2: minutes. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, with, with so much interest in Squamish um, and I, I don't see it really waning over the longer term at this point there are no secrets now cats out of the bag and um like on the new supply side of things do you think that there's enough (laughs) enough new supply um and even across like different home types to sort of satisfy that demand we have a lack of inventory it's
1: just the developers can't keep up to the demand there's not enough land and when a building comes up sells out right away townhouse comes up they sell out pre-sell like it's almost all Mm pre-sold so that's been different because you know years past you know you would sell half and then they'd get everything would be finished and they'd have the other half to sell and they were finished product people come in see it now almost everything's pre-sold and then on top of that try and find trades to actually build it if the developer gets everything improved that's that's another slippery slope for us to go down
0: So on today's podcast, we cover three key insights, low inventory, sales counts remain elevated, and the sales mix returning to its typical pattern. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. Did you have any final thoughts or final words that you want to share with our listeners on advice for home buyers?
1: Advice for homebuyers, uh, for me, it's pretty simple. You just want to make sure you find a realtor that you can work with. Find somebody you can trust uh, that you feel comfortable talking to because you need to tell them everything. You need to be able to Tell them when you're unhappy, when you're happy, what you like, what you dislike. Interview realtors. If you don't like, you don't have a good feeling with the first realtor, interview a second realtor. Mm -hmm. It's a very complicated process that I tell all my clients, they need to be comfortable with me and they need to be able to trust me. If they're not, they need to find another realtor that they can trust because this is something that, it's the biggest decision they're going to make. Biggest financial purchase most people will make in their lifetime and they need to be able to work with somebody that they're comfortable with, that, that feels right. If it doesn't feel right, go to another realtor. No one's going to get upset with you. It's part of our business. You want to trust the person you're working with.
0: That's really great advice, Sean. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way of them reaching you?
1: Best way for me is always my cell phone, 604-379-6731. Otherwise, find me on runny.com. I'm there.
0: Well, that wraps up this episode of the Rennie podcast to dig deeper into the data be sure to check out the latest Rennie review and other intelligence information on Rennie.com slash intelligence be the first to receive this information straight to your inbox register for intelligence updates thank you so much Sean thank you so much Ryan for being here today
2: thanks Justine thanks, thanks Justine. Sean thank
1: you Ryan thank you both. it was great take care <music>
0: The Rennie Podcast is a Rennie production and is recorded on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, all resources mentioned in the episode can be found on Rennie.com.